This is Tales from the Road with Rick Lavoie, the official podcast of www.ricklavoie.com. Hello, this is Rick Lavoie, and welcome to our second podcast. Since the last podcast in January, I've been across the country and back speaking and meeting with parents and teachers in Baltimore and Portland, Oregon, Chicago, St. Louis, Mississippi, Charleston, West Virginia, Las Vegas, British Columbia, and Wyoming. And I got terrific feedback about the first podcast in those trips. I'll be talking about some of those excursions in future podcasts. But today I'd like to talk to you about a special program I got a chance to see a while ago. And this podcast is entitled Clara Fabrizio and the Musical IEP. In the past, I've been rather outspoken about the way in which the media and the entertainment world cover and handle special education issues. The print and electronic media continue to provide a platform for the unproven and largely ineffective magic therapies that claim to cure learning problems. Television comedians often view ADD as a wellspring of countless jokes and punchlines. Hollywood would have you believe that all people with special needs have mystical powers like Rain Man or tremendous hidden talents like Forrest Gump. Organizations like LD Online, the Learning Disabilities Association, the Council for Exceptional Children, and Children with Attention Deficit Disorder make huge strides forward in educating the American public, only to have their good work undone by a misleading episode of Dr. Phil or a poorly researched movie of the week about Asperger's Syndrome. I cringe whenever I watch a movie or television show in which a character has special needs. Invariably, the affected character will be cured by the end of the hour, or perhaps he'll be the recipient of town-wide acclaim as his heroic actions save a drowning man, extinguish a blazing inferno, or single-handedly solve a decades-old crime or mystery. These characters are portrayed as unreasonably heroic or pitiable. Seldom are they portrayed as flesh-and-blood human beings with strengths and struggles, torments and talents. Rather, the audience is coerced into viewing them as single-dimensional stereotypes that are to be pitied and or admired. Those of us who live and work with people with exceptionalities know that these cardboard portrayals are neither accurate nor instructive. People with special needs are dynamic, multifaceted human beings who experience and solicit all of the emotions inherent in the human condition. They laugh, they cry, they experience joy, fear, consternation, resentment, jealousy, anger, and delight. They are curious, cantankerous, creative, cruel, comforting, cowardly, and courageous, just like all of us. How sad that playwrights, authors, and screenwriters can't present folks with special needs in a more realistic way. Well, somebody has. Janet and I spent a wonder-filled afternoon recently at a matinee performance of Delight in the Piazza at the Vivian Beaumont Theater in Manhattan's Lincoln Center. Janet recently read Elizabeth Spencer's 1950 short story by the same name, Broadway composer and lyricist Adam Gutell wrote a musical based on the novella, and the story's compelling characters make a seamless move from the written page to the musical stage. What a story and what a play. Clara is a beautiful young American girl in her early 20s. As a result of an accident when she was a child, her mental capacities are greatly compromised. Her physical beauty and her sense of style create a very attractive and appealing package, but her ability to understand and deal with adulthood is significantly limited. Clara's mother, Margaret, is extraordinarily and understandably protective of her, but her well-intentioned mothering borders on unintentional smothering. Her fear that her daughter will be hurt or victimized becomes something of an obsession for her mother. It's difficult at times to determine which is Clara's greatest handicap, her neurological disability or a stifling and overprotective parent. Margaret, the mom, is never portrayed as a villain, 
although the audience clearly sees the fact that her fears have placed Clara in a cocoon that isolates her from any person or place that could cause her harm. The mother wants to protect her beloved daughter, and absent an instruction book to provide this protection, she simply isolates the girl. We all know young people with special needs who confront what I refer to as the mixed blessing every day. These children and youth are attractive, athletic kids who appear normal in every sense of the word. However, their hidden handicaps make the world a confusing and challenging place. These kids are often misunderstood and mistreated by peers and authority figures. We live in a visually oriented world, and our culture is simply unable to understand that in some cases, what you see is not what you get. It is indeed possible for a child to be physically attractive and still have significant and impactful academic and social problems. Clara and Margaret go to Florence for an extended holiday. There, Clara has a chance meeting with a, happen with a handsome young Florentine named Fabrizio. He is immediately smitten with Clara and shadows them as they tour the city. Clara and Fabrizio manage to steal away several times to walk and talk. The young man's limited English makes it impossible for him to recognize Clara's limitations, and they fall in love. Margaret does all in her power to discourage and sabotage the relationship, but young love finds a way. The subplot of this deceptively complex play involves Margaret's ongoing conflict with her husband, who's back in the United States. Their once romantic marriage is crumbling, and as the audience listens to their transatlantic phone calls, it's obvious that their disagreement about the way that Clara should be parented is the source of much of their conflict. This disagreement between parents of adolescents and young adults with special needs is a common and troubling phenomenon in special education. Like Margaret, parents realize that there is no magic formula for the success of the special needs child as he or she enters adulthood. Small kids, small problems. Big kids, big problems. As one devoted dad told me, young children give you headaches, adult children give you heartaches. In a climactic confrontation, Clara tells Margaret that she wants to marry Fabrizio and remain in Florence. Margaret's first impulse is to forbid the plan, but she comes to realize that Fabrizio's devotion, the affection of his loving extended family, and the flexible social cocoon that Florence provides may be the ideal combination of structure, support, and challenge that Clara desperately needs as she enters adulthood. In effect, Clara's marriage to Fabrizio is the perfect IEP. If you seek information on the lighting, staging, direction, casting, or music from the Lightna Piazza, you may want to seek out some professional reviews on the internet. I loved every moment of the production, but I'm not a very reliable judge of such things. As my family will attest, I love any and every live performance. Broadway musicals, high school plays, airport lounge karaoke performances, and nursing home talent shows. I'm not a particularly astute or selective consumer of live theater. But I've shared my adult life and career with hundreds of special needs families. I know well the challenges, fears, struggles, compromises, and crises that these families daily confront. When the special needs child enters adulthood, the social, sexual, economic, and spiritual needs become daunting. Moms and dads often disagree about the long-term projections and plans for the adult child, and family conflict can result. Exacerbating the problem is the fact that parents are wrestling with their own mortality and the siblings are attempting to build their own lives while simultaneously ruminating on the role that their special needs brother or sister will be playing in that life. The Light in the Piazza explores these complex challenges and views the situation through the eyes of a bemused adult, her protective mother, and her devoted lover. None of them see Clara very clearly. It is not until they combine their individual perceptions that a lucid picture of Clara emerges. All's well that ends well. 
If you find yourself in New York City, I would strongly recommend that you spend an evening at Lincoln Center with Clara, Margaret, and Fabrizio. If you know and love a child with special needs, the characters in the plot will seem achingly familiar. Clara's story is a common one. Margaret's courageous solution should be. Until next time, with every good wish, Rick Lavoie. Rick Lavoie's book, It's So Much Work to Be Your Friend, Helping the Child with Learning Disabilities Find Social Success, is available at bookstores across the country and online at Amazon.com. For more information about Rick, his work, and his schedule of appearances, visit www.ricklavoie.com.